You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Behind the Mask, back again. Uh, I'm Kyle Hattie alongside Ryan Rudosevich, Jacob Stinson, and Kate McLaren. Uh, and gentlemen, we are officially at the halfway point of our hockey season for the Big Ten, well, Michigan State's at least. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I think that flew by for me. But how are we feeling today? You are correct. That did fly by. I was kind of expecting it to be going a little bit slower, not going to lie, but I'm feeling great. Uh, class has finally kicked back off, and I haven't been more excited to actually, you know, kind of quote-unquote go-to class because I took a semester off and now I'm back and it's a little exciting I guess I'm happy to be an official Michigan State student again so that's something yeah I mean I'm just happy to you know get some classes back underway uh finally kind of get like a little bit of a routine going again um, but yeah it's yeah it's fine it's flown by that's all I can really say yeah, and after a couple of days hiatus from talking hockey, I'm glad to get back on the pod with you guys and break down this last weekend of action. So, yeah, um, we've definitely had fun, uh, regardless of the success or lack of success in the ice, which is where we're going to start off. Uh, we're officially at the halfway point, so we can look at um, teams have kind of shown who they are so far, or not, because this uh, this entire conference space seems like a crapshoot at this point. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the standings for the first time this year because I uh, thought the halfway point is the first point where you could actually look into it and it means something. Uh, Michigan State currently sits at the bottom of the Big Ten standings, 12 points. Uh, Minnesota, the leader, has 27. However, Michigan State is uh, within reaching distance of Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan going into this weekend. Uh, the ranked teams uh, in the Big Ten, Minnesota sits at four after their loss. Uh, Michigan sits at eight. Wisconsin's 12, Notre Dame 16, and then Penn State, Michigan State both received votes. So, I mean, it, it goes to speak about the, how strong this conference is that Michigan State could be in last place and still receive votes for it to be in the top 25. Uh, but which of these teams stuck out to you guys in the first half of the season? I got to say, for me, Wisconsin. Last year, they had a lot of the same talent, and they never put it back together. They were sitting at the bottom of the Big Ten for most of the season, I'm pretty sure. And this year, they turned it around. I'm not really sure why, but they're looking like a solid team. They're competing against Minnesota, Notre Dame, and Michigan week in, week out. So my surprise is uh, Wisconsin. I'm not sure I consider them a surprise, but the team that's impressed me the most still has definitely been Minnesota, um, just because they've been pretty dominant the entire season. They've stumbled a little bit uh, after starting off undefeated. But, um, yeah, they stumbled a little bit, but they're still, I think, pretty outright the best team in the Big Ten. Um, so that's probably what I'm going to go with there. Yeah, for me, um, I would like to go with one of those teams. But to me, it's been Notre Dame. My inability to predict pretty much any of their victories um, really shows just how little I know about this team. But you you take a look at it. They've won. They split a series at Yost in Michigan. They just came off of a two-game series sweep at Minnesota on the Olympic-sized rink. Um, and it, they've just been a weird team to kind of look at. But on in terms of beating those Big Ten powerhouse teams, they've really been my kind of sleeper team at this point. Yeah, um, all those are good. But I think 
for me, the obvious one has to be Michigan. I, I, I was very vocally and openly high on them going into the season, and they currently sit, uh, sit at sixth and sixth, uh, fourth place in the Big Ten, which is shocking for me. I expected better. But, yeah, a lot of teams surprising us this year with uh, going into the season with no practices, no scrimmages, that kind of thing. Uh, so, I mean, may as well get into some of the results. Uh, Penn State currently sits second to last in the Big Ten. Uh, tied – no, no, not a tied date. Um, two points ahead of Michigan State after this past weekend. Uh, and this past weekend, uh, Penn State did sweep the Spartans, taking game one, three to two in overtime. Uh, with Alex Limoge getting the game-winning goal. And in game two, Penn State completes the sweep with a 3-1 to one win. Uh, Penn State lodged 35-plus uh, shots in both nights. Uh, that top line produced in game one pretty well. Now that Lewandowski get the goals from Michigan State, and Combs got it in the second game. So uh, the, the top line performed well, but everyone, uh, everyone else on the team as a whole, not so much. What, so what did we see this weekend? Kind of exactly what you saw. The top line performed pretty well, kind of held their weight. But, gosh, the the rest of the Michigan State lineup, they DeRitter needs help. Michigan State needs to create some offense. I, I was I always harp on depth in this uh, in this podcast and how it's been relatively good, but it kind of it kind of flopped during this Penn State series for sure because the last three lines did not really seem like they were present there. I mean, you look at uh, 28 shots in the first game, 22 shots in the second game. DeRitter needs some help. He needs some offense. He can't carry this team like he is the rest of the season. He's going to run out sometime. But, yeah, just need some offense, boys. Yeah, it's been the Drew DeRitter show pretty much all year, and it's not working because as, as much of an impact as a goalie can have, a goalie cannot win you games when you're only putting up 20 shots. That, so that's kind of been their issue is they can't – the puck has always just stayed at Drew DeRitter's feet the entire game, and they've never really been able to get it anywhere else. So that's kind of been their biggest issue from what I've seen. Yeah, and I mean, DeRitter's basically stood on his head the entire year, but the main catalyst for the Spartans' demise, especially in their third of the ice, has been puck watching. Um, you see it. You can see it if you look at the replays of all six Penn State goals. Um, especially in game game one, you know, they had a – it was a – what was it? A six on four off of a weird penalty to Sasana. But for, it's a loose puck battle on the boards, four Penn State players to one Michigan State player. Puck squirts out to the slot, goes from right from Limoges to McCachron, who just buries it for that game-time goal. And then it was experience from Alex Limoges to kind of settle down in that three-on-three overtime and take it, um, put one pass to Ritter. But – the Spartans were just really unable to stop that second line of Penn State. They did really good at stopping that first line of McMenamin, Tavidia, and Kevin Wall, who's been on a tear recently. But it, it, Limoges, Doherty, and Sarlo, Penn State's second line really just tore through them, and they had no answer for it. And to me, it all stems from puck watching in the defensive zone. Yeah, so definitely some critiques and little successes uh, so far this season. But we are officially 14 games through a 28-game season. Uh, so we're going to take a second here. We're going to reflect on what's impressed us this year and, and what's disappointed us the most. Uh, so take it away. Give, give me, one, uh, give me uh, one thing that impressed you and one thing that, that disappointed you. For me, what's impressed me the most is the, uh, the evolution and the step up of Josh Nodler. Last year as a freshman, he got uh, eight points, three goals, five assists, and 36 games played. He was centering the second line between Jagger Joshua and Logan Lambden. So 
a, a line that could produce, but didn't produce much. But this year in his sophomore season, I think he's stepped up immensely. He uh, creates offense by himself. He creates space for himself. He's now that top line center and he's got, I'm pretty sure leading the team with two goals and seven assists. So he's, he's definitely stepped up in the sophomore year and he seems like one of the, the star points of this team halfway through the season. Yeah. I try thinking of things uh, really to say positive because the results have not really given me too much to say, but the only thing really I can point to as like the sheer, the most impressive thing of this season so far has been true to Ritter. Um, Cause obviously coming from where he was at last year, you know, after getting banished after some lackluster performances at the start of the year, and then John Lethman took over full time. Um, yeah, to see his evolution now to becoming, if I'm correct, he has the second best save percentage in the Big Ten after Jack LaFontaine from Minnesota. So, yeah, just to see that um, evolution in that sense, the real development that he's had has uh, definitely been the most impressive part of this team this year. Yeah, for me, I'm going to continue sticking with players. For me, it's the fourth line right winger in Kyle Haskins. Um, the freshman from Huntington, Vermont's really come on strong this year. He's one of Dan Cole's uh, 10 uh, incoming freshmen, seven skaters, three, uh, or I think it's seven skaters. It might be eight and then two goalies. But the kid's racked up five points so far in about 14 games played. He's played really well the past couple games, um, including that Penn State series where, you know, things weren't going so well for that fourth line of uh, good sir, or yeah, good sir, Matson and Haskins. Um, but his effort really showed in those second periods of both of those games to where Dan Cole kind of moved him up the lineup and had him playing with Charlie Combs, had him playing with Josh Nodler, Mitchell Lewandowski. Um, and he, it, his development so far this year, can, it's really uh, one of the bright spots uh, halfway through this uh, season and then looking on the next season, um, how his development will play out and what he'll bring to the table. All good points. Um, uh, you mentioned well, one that I want to talk about, uh, Charlie Combs. Uh, of course, the grad transfer from, from Bemidji State, I believe I'm saying that correctly. Uh, but yeah, uh, he, he came as a grant transfer, which means he basically gets one shot at this. He gets one year and he's made the most of it. In 12 games so far, he has seven points, uh, four goals, three assists, including uh, two goals in the power play. And at, honestly, this season, it seems like he has the only two power play goals because that's where I'm going to start with the things I don't like this season uh, is the power play. Uh, currently, Michigan State has the second worst power play in the country. They're only converting 7.69% of their power plays, which when your offense is also sixth to last, you, you need to convert in your special teams. So what I'm, I'm – yeah, I'll go with that. What's disappointed me the most this far uh, – what's disappointed me most so far is Michigan State's uh, power play, which just seemingly cannot convert. I'm going to piggyback right off what Hattie said there and say the same exact thing. It's It's the elephant in the room. It's the – it's the glaring point on this team. They can't convert on the power play, and it really hurts them because the power play is a point in the game where you have the clear advantage, you have the man advantage against the other team, you should be able to create offense, and they're not. And if they're not, be, not being able to create offense on that power play, off the power play, they're not making much, and it's really, really hurting them. Uh, I said this a couple pod, or a couple episodes ago, but last year the power play was great. It crawled up to fourth nationally with about 31%. 
and I I enjoyed watching it. It was it was great. Every time a, you know power play or a penalty was called, you could look at it with some hope that MSU could score some points. But this year it's just abysmal. <laughs> it's a uh, 50th out of 51st in the nation. Only second to Lake Superior, the Lake Superior Lakers. I'm pretty sure. So it's just uh, it's it's looking rough this year. Yeah, you guys are talking about their inability to create offense on the power play, but really it goes even further than that. It extends to the uh, even strength units as well. It just the, my biggest disappointment with them has been their inability just to sustain any sort of offensive pressure at all. They cannot. They can never seem to get the puck out from in front of DeRitter. Um and whenever they do, it takes about ten seconds before it's automatically back in the other end of the. Uh, right back in front of Twitter. So that's kind of been my biggest issue is they can never seem to really establish any sort of offensive pressure, you know, get anything going to really test the goalie. That's why they're only getting like 22 shots on goal per game, something like that. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't help. It, do, it makes matters worse whenever you talk about the slow starts. Um, Michigan State's been getting outshot in the first period of majority of their past, I believe, nine games. They've been outshot in their last nine games. They're losing face-off battles. They're losing the things that have really been the identity of this team that we saw in those first four games, especially against Arizona State to start off the season. But it really kind of just comes down to the, the, the lackluster starts, their inability to get their feet moving. And it's really it shows because they're spending a lot of time in their own zone. They're unable to really get around um, opposing teams for checks, especially early on in games. Usually about that second period, they'll start figuring it out. But by that, to but by that time, shot totals are already monstrous um, in terms of the difference between the opponent or opposing teams and the sprints. And it's really, it's, they're digging themselves in the holes that they're really trying to dig themselves out of, but it, they just haven't really found that opportunity to. Um, they get down early, and they don't really have um, good records this year when getting down early. I think the last time I saw it was they were 1-4 when giving up that first goal. And they those third-period comebacks that were really um, good for this team last year, good is a terrible word to uh, use, but they were really an identity of that team that um, last year with a lot of third-period comebacks. We haven't really seen that because the Spartans have virtually – been outplayed in both those second and third periods and really have no chance to even get back in the games. Well, I'm impressed. That was, that was excellent analysis by us here. And while we're doing it, we might as well examine them and what they need to improve going into the series. So uh, let's just dive right into the Ohio State preview. Uh, so Ohio State plays Michigan State this weekend, November 28th and 9th. That is, the, uh, that is Saturday, Sunday. Uh, both teams are coming off getting swept. Uh, Michigan State, of course, got swept this past weekend by Penn State, and then Ohio State got swept by Michigan. Uh, these two teams are last in the big, uh, the two worst teams in the Big Ten record-wise right now. Ohio State has 13 points. Michigan State has 12. So right now, they could uh, either one could take a big uh, a big leap on each other in the standings. Uh, Michigan State, as I said earlier, they're going into this, in, into this uh, series with the uh, second-worst power play in the country at 7% and the sixth-worst total offense with 1.93 games per game. So uh, what are you guys looking for this weekend? 
this weekend, I I want to see the Michigan State that we all saw in the beginning of the season. If you kind of rewind, it, it feels like a long time ago, like we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast. But uh, Michigan State were able to split the series, win 3-2 in overtime the first game, then they lost 2-4 in the other game. But I was looking back at the stats of the game, and Michigan State was able to outshoot Ohio State 45 to 22 in the first game and 44 to 33 in the second game. A completely different team than what we're looking at now. Also in the faceoff circle, Michigan State was able to win 43 out of 60 in the first and then win 38 to 24 in the second. So it they we talked about how Michigan State had an identity in the beginning of the season. They kind of lost that a little bit. I'm looking at that. And I'm seeing, I'm thinking that if Michigan State's fine, find that their identity like they had in the beginning of the year, that it could be a better series. Michigan State needs to get a win here coming off getting swept by Penn State. And they they just cannot afford to drop this series at all. Yeah, um, it's definitely, this is a crucial series for them right now. You, yeah, losing four in a row is, uh, definitely going to be a drastically bad for a season when you're already in last place in the Big Ten. Um, so it's going to be crucial to come away with something. But the key here, I think, is pretty obvious. They just need to establish some offense. Easier said than done. But this team, they ha- they do have an identity from what I've seen pretty much. and But that identity is just trying to play good defense and just rely on Drew Ritter the whole time. Uh, and see if Drew Ritter can somehow get you a win. That's kind of what I've seen their identity be this year. And so they need to find something just to get away from that and try and actually put some pucks on net and get some offense going. Yeah, and I think I said this last week when we were previewing Penn State. This is, you know, this is a table changer. This is a season changer right here. You're halfway through the season. You're bottom of the Big Ten but you still have the opportunity to climb a couple of spots here, dig yourself out of that hole that you've so effortlessly dug yourself into. But for the, I mean, for the Spartans, this is a huge momentum shift. The last time they played this team, they looked really good. They were a completely different team. Now could be a time for them to regain that identity that they've lost ever since coming off of that sweep against Minnesota in the third series of the, of the year which really started this kind of downward trend for the Spartans, especially in those first two periods, those slow starts. Um, I, I know or I remember back during those times, uh, the Spartans were out shooting their opponents in the third period of games, and it was not even close. And since that, that margin has since gone back to, I believe, zero, as the Spartans continually get outshot in third periods against teams that they really should on paper not be getting outshot against. Um, But yeah, this is a huge momentum swing for them if they can really take all six points. Um, Even a series split will do them good just to get one win um, in this, you know, COVID time, second half, second phase of the season. Um, That, that to me is basically the biggest elephant in the room when you look at this, this game. Excellent analysis as always. Uh, definitely uh, one up me because I got my dates wrong. Uh, I believe I said November 28th and 29th. That was the last time they played where they split in Columbus. Uh, this week's uh, this weekend series will take place January 23rd and 24th uh, in East Lansing. So I just want to make myself clear there. But 
since it seems like everyone has a handle on what they want to see this weekend out of both teams. Uh, let's just jump right into the blank wins. Uh, so Ohio State will win if. Ohio State will win if if they score early. They're coming off getting swept by their rivals, U of M. They're going to be hungry. They literally got outscored in those two games, nine to two. They lost the first game two to four. They lost the second game zero to five. So the the most recent game they've had was a zero to five loss. You know, this team is going to come out hungry. They're going to come out with a pace. They're going to come out aggressively. And if they get that one goal early, they will not stop. They're going to be pedal to the freaking metal over here. And for Michigan state, that's not good because if you go down early and you're not able to create much offense in retaliation, it's not, it's going to be a recipe for disaster. So Ohio state will win if they score early because they're going to keep that momentum going throughout the whole entire game. I say, honestly, Ohio State wins if they can get Michigan State in the penalty box. Because, I mean, that's kind of – I think that's pretty simple. It's pretty simply explained. Michigan State takes a lot of penalties. Uh, you know, generally speaking, you don't have to worry that much this year about Michigan State building a big lead on you. So I think if you're just going to be able to get, you know, a lot of good opportunities on the power play – always generally your best chance to score, then I, I don't see how how State does not win. Yeah, I mean, talking about power play success is huge. Uh, the Spartans really kind of clamped down on uh, their penalty kill in the past couple of weeks, but has since let it slip ever since the Michigan series, um, including a couple of power play goals uh, against or, when Penn State came, or when they went to University Park to play Penn State, um, Ohio State's going to win this game if they outshoot the Spartans. Um, the Spartans right now in their last ten games have a three six and one record, including the last two games uh, against Penn State where they were outshot in both contests. Um, the Spartans really just have tried to hunker down on defense, but it's really just turning into a lot of odd man puck battles along the boards and just puck watching in front of the net as, you know, you got a lot of tired guys on the ice whenever you're getting barraged with shots in your own zone. So I think if if the Buckeyes are going to win this game, they're going to want to try to outshoot the Spartans again like most teams have in the past 10 games. Uh, I think Ohio State wins if they win the battle in front of Drew Ritter because not only will it be easier to score on Drew Ritter if he can't, if he can't see, uh, you're gonna uh, you're gonna make the Michigan State defenseman more tired. You're gonna wear them down, and then you're gonna uh, make them kind of more hesitant on the forecheck or have to change more, and make it harder for them to get involved in the offense. And essentially, if you limit them on the, uh, on the offense, keep that trend going, and Ohio State's chances are pretty good at winning. Uh, but I think Michigan State will win if uh, they simplify their offense. Uh, for anyone, for our local people here uh, from Michigan, um, if you watch the Red Wings, you saw that Largan Mantha Bertuzzi line kind of try to do too much the first couple games and it kind of messed with them and they, they were all better actually once they got off the line together and they started simplifying their game making better passes just basically getting back to fundamentals uh, and and I think that could bode well for the Spartans too if they just simplify their offense don't try to do too much just get puck, uh, just get pucks on that and get rebounds on for me, Michigan State wins if they return to the little bit of a, an identity they established for themselves in the beginning of the season. I talked about how they had 40-plus uh, shots both games against Ohio State in their previous matchup, and they won the faceoff game heavily. If they somehow return to that, 
I think it'll help them greatly and give them a couple wins. And another thing that we've been talking about a lot, the power play, score on the power play. I think you could easily win a game if you do that, but that's been a uh, hard thing for MSU to do this season. You know, I think I might've said this in a previous one, uh, in a previous episode, but my thing is MSU will win if they can win the 50, 50 puck battles, because what I saw a lot in that Penn State series was every time MSU would dump the puck into the offensive zone, they'd get beat and lose on a 50-50 battle, and then immediately the puck's going right back the other way to Ritter. And so that whole point of clearing the zone right there just buys like five seconds of time for Ritter to catch his breath before he has to make it on his head. So really what I, need to, what I would need to see from them is their ability to actually just win those battles so that way they can establish some sort of offensive pressure uh, and make the other goalie work a little bit. Yeah, and um, to me, the Spartans are going to win this game if they can score first. Um, Ohio State has given up the first goal in each of their last three games. All three of those games they've lost by a margin of 14 to 4. First period scoring, they've allowed four goals. They've only got one. Um, and disclaimer, in this kind of small analysis, they did get shut out um, at Yost against Michigan in their last outing. So, you know, you're not – can't score any goals, can't score one in the first. So um, to me, that's just how it is. Um, the Spartan, this Spartan team to me lacks confidence early on in games. Um, they're very, again, those slow starts that I've mentioned before really just all stems from confidence. Um, you really didn't see it um, until I think two series ago, or yeah, the Michigan series, second game, when, you know, opening face-off win, there's a hooting and hollering along the Michigan State bench because, you know, they had that confidence there. They believed in themselves. And I think first period goals and scoring first is really going to do – would really do wonders for this team. But can they do it? We'll see. So moving away from the blank wins, if going into a little, little segment that – I don't know if this is going to be a segment, but I just kind of wanted to ask it. And – um <laughs> I feel like we've been definitely down on MSU this podcast. I'm sorry if anybody out there is listening for an MSU hockey pickup. We've definitely been a little bit harsh and sorry to go a little bit further on that. But my trivia question for you boys this evening is guess the last time MSU hockey has swept a series. I got, I got Hattie with his hand up. Hattie, go right ahead. Yes. It does seem call so can see my hand up, but <laughs> Uh, I believe they haven't swept one this year. And I believe in, uh, in our season recap podcast last year, Michigan still only had two sweeps all, all year. That was Michigan and Wisconsin. And I think Wisconsin came later. Is it Wisconsin? Hold in the last year. Hold your don't Don't put your hands up, ladies and gentlemen. Kyle Hattie got it first guess. It is Wisconsin from last season. It's actually from 2019. Michigan State didn't even get a sweep in 2020 calendar year, but Hattie's right. The last sweep was against Wisconsin in December 6th and 7th of 2019, which, wow. What what were we all doing in 2019? Because it was nothing like what we're doing now. That, it's been a while. It's been a while for us. Uh, I was at that game, and I saw – Cole Caulfield stand at the top of the uh, stand uh, up above the top of the circle and try to pick uh, a hole the size of my phone. 
and I was right behind from my vantage point in the press box back when we could actually go up there. And that was when I was convinced that kid would be good. So that's my little tidbit. But I'm really surprised I got that one. I thought I thought that was I, I thought you asked if it was a brain teaser. Nope, no brain teaser. Um now Thank you, Ryan. Enjoyed that segment. Uh, now it's time to move on to a segment I'm looking much more forward to, and that is the fact that Jacob's no longer dominating the picks, and the Blues lost by a very large score last week. So Jacob had a bad week hey, in hockey. Hey, hey, and hey. I just had to point that out. Hey, um, the game that was on that was actually on the podcast for the points, the first game. I'm the only one that had the Blues winning. Just saying, and they did in the first game. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that part. <laughs> that part plus one. Uh, but yeah, the update, update the standings coming in this week. Jacob has 14, uh, Cam's in second place with 13, and Ryan made a miraculous comeback last week and is now tied with me for 11 points. Woo! So we're officially back. We have a pretty close race now. It's not, it's not just that how many points can Jacob rack up on, uh, on us. So let's see if Jacob worry, can get a better worry. week. I'll get back in the lead. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll make a bigger lead this week. Don't worry. Oh, God. I'll let you go first then. Uh, so I hope that Ryan's good week. He enjoyed his good week, and I hope he stops there because I don't want to come in last in my senior year. I'm not done yet. Mm -mm. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but first pick for this week, uh, Ohio State travels to East Lansing, take on Michigan State. And I'm going to go with a split, like Jacob said last week. If you, if you don't know which team uh, you like the edge for, um, pick a split. And I'm going to do that. Uh, I trust Drew DeRitter. I, I think this team is going to get back to putting the puck in the net. It seems like when they have a generally bad weekend uh, with scoring goals, they find a couple more in one of the games, and I think they split. Yeah. Um, oh, go I'm ahead. Sorry, I forgot. Okay. You go ahead, Jacob. You go ahead. I messed up the order. Uh, but, um, yeah, I've got uh, a split also just for the reason of I think Michigan State will get back on track this weekend, but I don't think they'll do it until the second game. So I think they'll finally find their footing and find the back of the net a little bit um, in the second game. So I'm going to pick a split. For me, I have faith that this MSU team could pull out a sweep, but not enough faith to put two points on the line for it. So I'm going for the split. And yeah, pretty boring answer, but that's, that's my pick. Yeah, I'm agreeing with the rest of the guys on this one. I've got a split, but... Unlike Ryan, I actually think Ohio State could probably take this one. Um, I don't agree with Jacob, I think, who said that they would take game two. Um, Spartans are still historically bad in game twos, especially this year is no different. Um, if they take anyone, it'll be game one. Uh, actually, before I move on, I'm going to go a little bold here. Well, Ryan Splitstead made me think this team's overdue. So, actually, I'm going to change my pick to a Michigan State sweep. Ooh. Bold move right there. Bold move. That's a bold Ryan move. Let's see if it works out for him. Ryan went, but Ryan went bold last week and pulled off five points. Who can, who's, who's to say I'm not doing the same thing? I, hey, actually, I, I, think I, I think I pulled six. That was – I think I had uh, – well, no, do you no, know? No. No, he pulled six he, because he, pulled he picked Vancouver to beat Edmonton opening night. Otherwise, me and Ryan had the same, same score, except he picked Vancouver. I'm pretty Literally sure I got two the NHL games right, but um, you just don't trust my you just don't trust my counting here. All right, I'll go back and I look. I miss. I think I missed all the college games up. That's okay. So, um, you can make a board here, uh, and I'll let Jacob go first because he's sitting in the lead. Uh, uh, number eight, Michigan travels to South Bend to take on number sixteen, Notre Dame. Uh, I got to split again, once again. These are two very good teams. 
Um, I've never really seen enough consistency from either team so far to warrant me taking one and a sweep over the other. So yeah, that's why I've got a split. Uh, I also follow Jacob with that split. Literally exactly what he said. I was going to say that exact same thing. So um, Jacob, thanks for reading my mind. You said it word for word. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. Very good. Well, I tried to tell our host to go before me, but um, I'm going out on a limb here and I'm predicting a Notre Dame sweep. Um, I believe they're going to ride the wave um, and they're going to go for the full season split against Michigan. Uh, they're at home. They're back in South Bend. They're welcoming Michigan in, who they decided to defeat early on in the season at Yost. And they're riding off big momentum from uh, sweeping Minnesota, like I said, on the Olympic side of the ice. So uh, I'm looking forward to the Fighting Irish continuing to fight their way um, to, I think, maybe second in the Big Ten after this weekend. Not so fast. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with you, with you there, Cam. Uh, I think Michigan is traveling to South Bend, but I do think they pull off a sweep. Uh, I do like my trends, and right now Michigan's won four in a row, so I'll bet again. I'll bet against them when they give me a reason to. So give me the Michigan's a sweep. Uh, next one, number twelve, Wisconsin travels to Happy Valley to take on Penn State. Jacob, our leader, go ahead. I got a Wisconsin sweep. Um, I just I really like Wisconsin. They've got a lot of talent on their team, uh, and Penn State. Well, they do have some talent. Obviously, they just showed that to Michigan State last week. I don't, I still have not seen enough consistent play from them to, uh, it's been a very up and down year for them uh, in in Hockey Valley. So uh, I'd get Wisconsin in a sweep. I just think the talent is much much greater for Wisconsin. I am also picking Wisconsin for the sweep here, but it's a little bit closer in thought than you would probably think. Penn State has actually found their identity. They've won Seven out of the last nine. It's crazy to think that after such a slow start to the beginning of the year when we all said that they did not look good. But seven out of the last nine, it's going to make the series close, but not close enough for me to pick a split. Give me Wisconsin with the sweep. Um, I want points. You all picked Wisconsin and teams don't go to Pagula uh, and uh, sweep them. Typically, fans are not, so I'm going with a split. I think Penn State takes one of them. You know, actually, uh, you know how we're doing this, we're, since we're all changing our picks mid-podcast uh, mid, uh, right now, uh, I'm also going to redact my statement and go back to a split. Um, Ryan mentioning the uh, Penn State winning seven of the last nine has kind of changed my mind a little bit when I think about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to do it with the split again. You don't get host privileges. You're not a host. Oh, sorry. I'm kidding. I'll let it slide. So I'm going to actually do my pick now since I was kind of rudely and not really interrupted. I'll let him, I'll let him lose. I'll let Jacob lose some points here. I've got Wisconsin. I sincerely apologize. I've got Wisconsin in a sweep. There's no point about it. I love Ryan's little point there that Penn State's won seven out of their last nine. Yeah, teams don't go to Padula and, or Pagula and do especially well, as you saw with the Spartans last week. But come on, it's Wisconsin. They put up 13 goals on them. And you're talking about seven out of the last nine that they won. I'm pretty sure those two games before were whenever they let in. Seven and six against Wisconsin's high-powered offense. 
I, I think it's going to be another turnover-ridden game. Both teams like stretch passes. Um, we see that, you know, sometimes a team can unlock Penn State a lot faster than Penn State can unlock their, their opponent. So I, I've got Wisconsin in a sweep here. And I'm very surprised that Kyle Hattie did not vote for his poster child of Cole Caulfield of taking both of these games. Come on, man. Come on. You leave gold medalist uh, Cole Caulfield out of this. It's unrelated. Actually, it doesn't matter because reason. it's a Big Ten hockey podcast. But still, it's all the more reason to pick him. If he's one of 25 players. Come on. Nope, not happening. Give me the split, and I'll let Jacob slide. Uh, so, last uh, last uh, series of our picks. Uh, Arizona State against Minnesota, who has dropped one of uh, – they've dropped one game apiece of their last two series. So, they were number one, looked unbeatable, and now they're suddenly slipping. But uh, – I'm not convinced yet. I'm still going to take them. I think uh, I, th- I think they're much better than Arizona State in every aspect. And I have Minnesota with a sweep at home. Um, I'm going to be f- – oh, one, sorry. I, the order keeps throwing me off. Yeah, we keep – you know what? I'll, I'll take the reins on this one. So, All right, go ahead. Last couple pods, we've said that we're not going to stop picking Minnesota unless they gave us a reason to. They gave us a reason to in losing some games, and we're still picking Minnesota because I don't trust Arizona State to uh, to pull out some games against Minnesota. They're a great team. So give me Minnesota in the sweep. Yes, now I'll go. Uh, I do. I also have Minnesota in the sweep. Um, it's a talent thing. Minnesota is easily the most talented team in the Big Ten, I think. Uh, Michigan is the only one that really gives them. Well, actually, no. I take that. I, I take that back. There's a lot of talented teams, but I think Minnesota is definitely the best. Um, and yeah, I just I don't think Arizona State can really match that. So I've got Minnesota State or Minnesota in a sweep. Yeah, Minnesota's kind of given all of us on the podcast a little bit of a scare, uh, losing three out of their last four, including you know, getting swept by Notre Dame. But this is a really, you know, kind of cut and dry team. Uh, They're going to score at least three goals a game. They're only going to give up maybe one or two a game. At that point, is it really even worth trying to pick against them? I've got Minnesota, the big big O of the central Midwest of the Minnesota Golden Gophers will take this one in a sweep. I am sorry, Arizona State, you can just stop trying at this point. All right, that's our big segment. Um, should be a fun one. Another all close again, but I think that's it for us. Uh, as I said earlier, Michigan State plays Ohio State this weekend in East Lansing on the 23rd and 24th. Um, we might have one writer in the building. We also might have two broadcasters. I think regardless, we're going to put a broadcast live on the air. Can't confirm yet. We're still uh, sorting all that stuff out. But uh, it will be on Impact's Twitter whenever that does happen. So stay tuned for that. And other than that, on behalf of Ryan, Jacob, uh, Cam, and myself, you've uh, been listening to Behind the Mask. Thank you for listening.